Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Hi everyone and thanks for joining us on this week's IFA Talk where as we start a brand new year we're dusting down our crystal balls a little bit now and debating what the future of financial advice might look like. I know we've all got our views on so-called robo-advice, what that is, what it isn't, but something that caught both Brandon and my attention recently was some research done by advisorsoftware.com into the development of hybrid advice and the emergence particularly of a new type of advisor, the hybrid advisor. And someone who's got particularly strong views on the subject and who I'm pretty sure will be well known to many of you that are listening today is our guest and it's Ian McKenna. Now on his LinkedIn profile, Ian described himself as, and this is a mouthful, a financial technology evangelist, futurist and singularitarian who is passionate about how technology can help people better understand their money and improve the quality of their lives. Ian, that sounds blooming good to me. Welcome to the podcast. Can I ask you to say hello? Tell us a bit about you. Yeah, hello. Happy you. New Year, everyone. First podcast of the year. That's that's great. First podcast of, of a year that I think is going to be really exciting for the financial advisor community. Um, a, a year in which I'm certain we're going to see a lot of change. Um, most of it, I would say, really for the good. Um, lots of things being delivered that will enable the advisor community to move forward. And just, Sue, going back to your introduction there, yeah, absolutely. I, I genuinely believe that the convergence of technology and the way it can be used with financial advice can help people live happier, more successful, and, and more comfortable lives. Um, I think if we look at the challenging times in which we find ourselves, one of the things is that you know, people desperately need financial advice, but unfortunately, 30, 40 plus years of regulation have, have now taken us to a situation where for the most part, it's a luxury for the wealthy. And I passionately believe we need to take it back to being a utility that everyone can afford and can access. Um, and I strongly believe that technology is, is the route to that. Um, a friend of mine called Tricia Rothschild, who used to be the um, director of wealth management at uh, Morningstar, and it now runs now has a, a range of, of different specialist roles in, in the advice tech world said a few years ago that technology won't replace advisors but advisors te using technology will replace advisors who don't i think that's already being proved to be true um and and we're seeing more and more advisors last year was was such a transformational year um indeed going back to the end of the year before you know november 9 uh, 2022 we saw chat GPT come into the world and suddenly a whole load of people, I think really blown away by the potential for artificial intelligence. And I certainly saw it with advisors, um, a transformation in their thinking, 
and, and a willingness to recognize that they didn't want to be on the other end of competing with these tools, that really what we should be talking about is how we work with them, how we collaborate with them, how we embrace them. Um, and perhaps we will see some advisors as we did with COVID. I mean, there are, there are a small number of advisors who, when all of a sudden we couldn't meet face to face with people, they didn't manage to transition very well to the virtual world. I think we lost three to four percent of the advisor community who at that point decided they were already on a, on a glide path, perhaps to retirement. And that was the time to step out. We'll see a few people step out because of the emergence of tools like artificial intelligence. Um, but actually, I think we'll see a lot. Well, we'll we'll see more people come in, but we'll actually need fewer people to be able to give advice um we did some work going back in 2010 when we looked at how an advice firm with 100 people would have worked in 1995 which at that point we saw as the zenith of the advisor market and how one might work in 2025 and our conclusion was that by if you took the advice firm uh, with 100 employees in 1995, they would probably have had about two IT people. We felt that by 2025, we would start to see the emergence of advice firms that would have two doctorate level qualified financial planners and about 98 different people looking at all parts of digital so you know that wouldn't just be it people it would be digital marketeers it would be seo specialists it would be artificial intelligence specialists although we didn't call that out at the time but you know and you and we and we are actually now starting to see the emergence i know one firm that has three advisors a fully automated advice process um, and one individual I know very well there that's been head of financial planning at some very well-known advice practices in the past, um, he signed off something like 25,000 pieces of advice over a two-year period because it was an automated process. Um, one thing I will sort of say is, could we please avoid the robo word? Nobody really likes it, with the exception of photo editors who always consider it yeah. uh, an opportunity to bring up Arnold Schwarzenegger images. But then, you know, Arnie is a bit over the hill now, really. Yeah. It, it, He's it, not that relevant. Come on. Between... Yeah, let's let's nah. move on. I mean, advice automation. Um, people do talk about why Robo advice failed. And it's fair to say, overwhelmingly, it did fail, but there are two reasons for that. Firstly, they weren't providing advice. And secondly, there weren't any robots. I mean, you know, the, the overwhelming majority, a couple of companies did, and that literally is just a couple, you know, managed to sell out to um, large organizations who gave them big checks and the founders just walked away. Um, but most, most of those organizations, what, what they struggled with, with 
was the cost of acquiring the customers. That That's really what killed the robos. But if we're going to talk about, you know, comparing robo advice to the sort of things that we are going to see and are already beginning to emerge um, is a bit like comparing a, a Model T Ford with a Tesla. Hmm. You know, vastly more sophisticated, um, vastly more powerful, but you do need to know what you're doing. Um, so let's just, shall I step back a bit and, and yeah. lay out what what is hybrid advice? Yeah, exactly. About... Let's, let's start looking about the Tesla model, though, then, shall we? Yeah, you know, what, what, what do we see? Uh, AdvisorSoftware.com, we've, you know, done a lot of work on future of advice models. Um, we see a world, there will still be traditional advisors um, for a period of years in the future. Uh, the successful ones, as I said earlier, are those that will make full use of technology. But it, it's still, you know, an expensive process to deliver in face-to-face -face human form. Um, but we also think we'll see, um, and, and indeed are seeing now, um, the emergence of multi-channel advice firms that will have perhaps as a baseline either a digital only or a hybrid service um, with the opportunity for the client to step up, step up to a traditional process or some fuller process at times in their lives when they need it. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, when I was talking to one advice firm, you know, only the other day, um, who were saying basically their intention is to create a service where there's no regular fee for the client or a, or a, a minimal fee for the client. A lot of things are automated. Um, and, and many people say that's not possible to which I would give an example. Um, I, I judge the success of these things on financial exits. So there's a business um, over in the US called Personal Capital, which started off, uh, it was founded by a guy called Bill Harris. Um, first meeting I ever had with Bill, who by the way, was a former uh, CEO of Intuit, uh, another small company that he was chief executive of called PayPal. So a fairly serious individual, built some very successful businesses. Um, the first meeting I had with Bill was on a building site. It was literally their offices in San Francisco were being built around us. You know, there was sheet clad, big sheets, plastic everywhere. You had to walk through builders with hard hats on we didn't get any hard hats but there you go um and they took that build it that business and they started it with with the uh, approach of give away free financial planning tools to anyone who wants them for as long as they want them and what they did um was one they were watching what people did and Basically, if you started recording more than a quarter of a million dollars on your account, you'd start getting a lot more help offered to you to help you choose how you're looking to manage your money. 
so that business a couple of years ago was basically sold for a total consideration of a billion dollars. That was 850 million upfront and another 150 million to do development work. So um, that was absolutely a digital advice model that over a 10 year period went um, from conception to delivery to execution and exit. So these things can be done. Um, and I think they'll be done a lot more in the future. So we, we certainly see this model. Um, the, one of the big challenges for advisors is where do you find the clients? And I think we have, I'm seeing a couple of trends there. Um, a number of organizations are actually choosing to bring in hybrid solutions as part of their consumer duty work because mm -hmm. many firms are concerned about how do I address uneconomic clients? Yeah, the um, FCA very focused now on this, very focused on advisors charging and are they delivering value? So um, we, we did, you mentioned our research at the, the top of the uh, podcast. Uh, we did some detailed benchmarking. In fact, we've done two rounds already and we'll do um, to deliver a third round early uh, this month. Uh, oh, sorry, later on this month, I beg your pardon. Um, we, we have our annual conference, Empowering Advice Through Technology which is where we tend to bring together all the new tech that's being launched during the year. And one of the things I'm gonna have is an update on that study. When we looked at it last year, what we found was a wide range of organizations looking to put forward hybrid advice tools to help advisors, but there was no one really working in all areas. There was a lot of things for retirement, not that many for short-term savings, um, a few for mortgages, very little indeed for protection. A year on, there are a lot more players in the market. Um, we've worked with a number of firms where we've taken them through a process to select their supplier. Um, as I say, this has been done for a number of reasons. Frequently, consumer duty is, is a key driver. Um, and it, it, it's a really exciting part of the market. You know, when you... One of the things from a firm I was speaking to just before Christmas, they were making the point that if you're going to do this successfully, you probably do need to come from a different, be, be willing to give up on a lot of the traditional thinking about advice. Mm. But then if we look at how consumers want information now and, and recognise there are more people in the workplace today that can't remember life before the World Wide Web than there are that, that can remember life before it. Not the internet. The internet was actually, that that, that came out of uh, the, the 1960s. But the World Wide Web basically came out of CERN, um, 1992. Tim Berners-Lee, a Brit. <laughs> Probably the, the, many people have said, one of the greatest things that have ever been done for humanity, making sure that the World Wide Web wasn't owned by a proprietary technology company. You know, imagine if it had been owned by, say, Microsoft or mm -hmm. Apple, we wouldn't be where we were. You know, a yeah. great act of yeah, humanity. Be great. 
to, to make that available free for everyone. And it wasn't just Tim Berners-Lee, but he led the work. Um, and that that actually gives us, you know, such a huge opportunity to build on that and use use the emergence of technology. We look at young people, no, not just young people, over 50% of the workforce cannot remember a point when all the information they wanted wasn't at the end of a digital connection. But for me, 2024 is very much a year where we should aim to put a financial plan on every phone. We, we, if, if we look back at the early days of Microsoft, you know, they intended to put a computer on every desk um, and in every home. Where we are today, I believe the majority of people using their phones as the primary way they access information, everyone needs a financial plan and we should aim to put a financial plan on mm -hmm. everyone's phone. Oh, that so makes it, you know, if you are going to deliver an advice service in that way, you're going to have the client self-servicing a lot more. They're going to be sharing their information as part of the onboarding process. But an interesting thing about compliance supplying information, they tend to not get their name wrong if it has a complex spelling, or they tend not to get their date of birth wrong or their national insurance number. And you and they fill in forms far more comprehensively. So you, you'll, you'll have a journey where the client starts to supply a lot of the information. So it's, it's so much of this is about taking time out of the advisor's normal working day so that they can work differently and be profitable at far lower levels of income. Oh, so there's clearly a lot of big opportunities going on there, Ian, aren't there? Absolutely. What about the flip side of that then? Where are the challenges? Due diligence is something mm. that firms really need to spend a lot of time addressing. Um, you know, one should not forget that the reg you know, the regulator expects an advisor to fully understand how all the kit they have in place works. You know, you should be able to know if if, if you're using something which is a piece of automated technology. Um, I tend to describe these things as being, you know, to continue a motoring analogy. Um, you'll have a traditional approach where the advisor drives the, mm -hmm. the process. You have a cruise control approach where the software will order up the different questions to be answered and take the client through the process. Or you can press a button and go full self-driving mode. The machine will get all of the data and deliver a result incredibly quickly. Now, that's still the advisor giving advice. Therefore, they need a process, which means they need to know if they put in a given set of parameters into their system, what outcomes will come out the other side? So, you know, there is, when you go down this road, there's a real need for robust due diligence. You're using the tools to support the advice process. It's not replacing the role of the advisor. It's just the individual advisor won't get involved in so much, you know, 
you'll basically have a clear and defined process where you should know based on what the inputs are, what the outputs will be. Mm. And that, you know, that's a hugely important area. And, you know, when, you, when you're talking to um, hybrid or automated advice providers, it's one of the first questions to go to. What, mm -hmm. what information can they supply you in terms of due diligence? And you also need a due diligence plan for understanding how you're going to make sure that this thing really does deliver something that is advice that you would deliver, but quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it is the start of a new year, and that is quite a different model that you've just outlined there. It's an exciting one, I've got to say. I'd say is I'd, I'd urge advisors, because as I came back earlier and and, and said, um, you know, the, the biggest challenge is getting the customers. Where are we going to find the customers? Well, advisors generally didn't engage with auto-enrollment when it started 11 years ago. And that's probably where I think it's time any firm that wants to succeed in the automated advice space should look very long and hard at how they can get into workplace pensions. Because okay. the overwhelming majority of workplace pension schemes have not been replaced since they were originally arranged a decade yeah. ago. So there's yeah. a great opportunity to go in and say, are you really giving your employees the best deal? And then once you have that endorsement from the employer, you're then building an audience on which to who you can deliver additional services. And also, you know, remember, um, there is the £500 a year employee benefit that, that companies can provide for pension planning. Mm -hmm. So maybe the employer mm -hmm. would provide that revenue, which you can then, on which you can then build your hybrid advice service. Well, that's a very good practical tip to get things rolling for the new year for our listeners today. Ian, I like it. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. Unfortunately, Ian, we are rapidly coming to the end of the conversation for today. But can we finish? You mentioned obviously robo advice earlier, not, not bringing that up, not using that word. But could you clarify <laughs> exactly how does hybrid advice differ from robo advice? Automated advice and hybrid advice will follow a true advice process along the lines that uh, a, a traditional advisor would, you know, Robo was really just a mechanism through which to distribute model portfolios. Yeah. There was, was never any advice involved that. in the first place. It was stick a model portfolio online and let people buy it. That's not yeah. advice. Never was, never will be, you know, hybrid advice, will take all the processes that a traditional advisor would go through, but take the customer through them in a different way. Uh, well, it's been a, a, a short conversation, but my goodness me, you've crammed a lot into that. <laughs> and if there's nothing, you know, for the start of the new year that we need more is to just stretch our thinking, isn't it? How can we close that advice gap? Deliver well, if I can be slightly cheeky and, and suggest that people that really are interested in that, firstly, go and have a look at advisorsoftware.com. We, we have literally thousands of pages of research and analysis to help advisors better understand 
the technology that can help them. We, we want to help advisors through that service make better decisions about buying technology. And if they really want to know the, you know, the, the latest thing and put this at the heart of their businesses, I would say this, wouldn't I? But, you know, empowering advice through technology, 18th of January, um, up in London at the Pullman Hotel and the Shaw Theatre. If you want to put technology at the heart of your advice business, go onto advisorsoftware.com, look up the event and come along and join us. Well, there you go. You've been invited. Ian, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It's really good to talk to you. I know we could go on for hours, but we're going to have to draw this to a conclusion today. But hopefully, once the next stage of the research is done, perhaps you can come on and tell us a little bit more about that as and when. I'd be delighted to. Absolutely. And in the meantime, I can wish you a happy new year. And to you and all your colleagues. Thanks again for you, for your time and, and to everyone listening. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.